Welcome to episode 58 of The People on K-Chung, 1630 AM. I'm Ben White. And I'm Matthew Timmons. On this episode, our guests are Matt Siegel and Ian James. Matt Siegel lives and works in his 2005 Subaru Outback, which travels around Los Angeles. With the microwave, I'm in some senses trying to see if I can empty it of meaning and empty it of value. Like, can these things that came from this place that I'm now making into a sculpture, although it has all of this history and meaning behind it and body, can it actually just be surfaces, a collection of surfaces? And to that extent, could the sculpture actually be abstract? Ian James lives and works in his Chinatown studio in Los Angeles the you know kind of spiritual journey or something like that whether that's going to sit in or whether that's going to a dodger game let's say and this idea of like what you take away from that in a way and like in both cases like say you go to Sedona you like buy like a little crystal pyramid from like the rock shop you go to dodger stadium you like buy a hat or you like take home like the commemorative mug and like how those things are sort of like stand-ins for like an experience then get like sort of imbued with the meaning of what that experience has meant to stand for you know you in a way at the end of the show we're going to listen to a song from la based band free bleed the people features the voices and ideas that make up the cultural landscape of los angeles the west coast and beyond it's like a broken record magically repaired it is remember you can listen to the people every third sunday at 3 p.m on k chung 1630 a.m that's right or you can find us on facebook and you can like us on facebook of course and you can also go to insertblancpress.net and click on the people at the top of the page and if uh you would like to listen to us on itunes we love that as well you can find us on itunes by searching for the people radio please rate and review us if you're there it really helps out the show and you can really find uh you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts including on soundcloud it's great it's true matt siegel and ian james welcome to the people yeah welcome guys thank you thank you very much hello so uh let's start by talking about trash um, well, we love trash. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got these studios in Chinatown in 2013 and our little area of Chinatown, like many parts of Chinatown, many parts of LA for that matter is definitely full of, um, just sort of like an ever evolving sort of like cataclysm of like litter and garbage and graffiti. And I think there's been elements of that in relationship to the work that has kind of made sense like we've got this like parking garage that's constantly like a wind tunnel that brings <laughs> in trash and it's like very suctiony kind of environment and we'll get weird shit happen in our like uh bathroom zone like someone will like sneak into the bathroom and like leave trash and like you know weird graffiti like we've been calling our area down there larry for uh f- going on almost five years because someone went in there at one point and uh scribed in the wall larry kill cop and so it's been (laughs) it's been called larry town ever since and uh you know we both like through making uh our own sort of like objects and uh artworks i think have just sort of kind of like wanting to suction that stuff into the work in a way because it just feels so part of our periphery perhaps not only in la but also kind of like as we sort of travel around to to make things Expanding out from that a little bit, I think that, um, you know, we both have this um, uh, relationship to uh, landscape with our practices. And so 
you know, in the microcosm of, of Chinatown and where our studios is, there's this, um, you know, the trash that blows over Hill Street and then mm-hmm. <laughs> ends up you know, in the garage swirling in a tornado. Um, you know, it, it, it is, uh, becomes a, a sort of stands in for the landscape in some way of what that place is. And then I think when we both kind of head outward into exploring the West or what have you, that sort of the, these items of um, detritus kind of attached to us as, or at least for me rather, mm-hmm. as being a stand in for some sort of human activity and interaction with the land and the earth. Well, I feel like we should articulate maybe the kinds of trash that we're into or uh, yeah, even specific yeah. favorite pieces of trash. Okay. What's that's... your favorite garbage? Well, I have, I mean, I have a lot of favorite pieces of trash. Uh-huh. Um, one piece of favorite trash, a, a new, newer piece of favorite trash is um, a old discarded um, microwave that I uh, pulled out of the desert sort of um, in uh, eastern Nevada, uh, kind of near the town where the Cluey headquarters is at Wendover, near mm-hmm, Wendover. Mm-hmm. And that microwave, um, I have no idea how long it's been sitting out there, but I incorporated it into a sculpture as um, sort of just as a, more than anything as kind of, a rectangular form, but also to sort of stand in indexically for this place that I was trying to, um, or that inspired the work. And so for me, the, the, the microwave was sort of just a, a rectangle of surfaces, but what was really amazing about it is that I made the sculpture and took it to the, uh, up to where it was being shown in San Francisco up at, um, at all, uh, very nice show that Keith Ferretti organized this past summer. And um, I had re-rigged it with a light, like an LED light. But when we were up there, we actually, the, the uh, I think it was Jackie or Aaron from the space, she was like, oh yeah, well, we just plug it in and turn the light on. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and like, literally you can still plug the microwave in and the light goes on and it still functions. That's somehow. incredible. So that that's one of my favorite pieces of trash. What's a favorite piece of trash of yours? Uh, I have these two cans. One is a crushed Bud Light can and another is a Dr. Pepper. And I've been traveling to all these um, like pyramid-shaped buildings kind of throughout the United States and was going to these four that two are kind of along the California-Arizona border uh, and then two are in Arizona. I know that one. On the way to Yuma, right? Like past the Yeah, there's Felicity uh, out there. Yeah, that's right by Yuma. So I went to that one, and then there's another one. These retirees built this house. Uh, it's in a town called Maricopa, but it's not in, like, Maricopa County or anything like that, which is in Phoenix. It's kind of closer. It's kind of like equidistant between uh, Tucson and Phoenix. And um, I was photographing this p- pyramid house that these retirees from Wisconsin built, and my kind of, like, thought on the these places is that, like, this you know these pyramids are sort of this, like, architectural form from antiquity and it's been sort of like emptied out over a long period of time and then being used for all these various sort of like in this case purposes of like this sort of like american kind of cultural identity and and one form of that would be these houses and so i was thinking about 
how you know we've got this sort of like metaphysical like architecture in a way that's been emptied out for purposes of like almost like a a capitalist like spiritualism and then how in the same way that you would say would go to a to the Hajj or would go to like Sedona to like have this like vortex experience like going to these like capitalist like spiritual locations of say these houses or city halls or some pyramid city halls or Mar-a-Lago missile defense zones yeah there must be one at Mar-a-Lago or the Bass Pro Shop in Memphis you wear been there yeah (laughs) that's a yeah and uh, there's like a uh, office complex in Indianapolis but so then like the objects that are and kind of similar to what Matt was just saying like then these sort of like trash objects that are sort of like in the cyclone of these places then are then imbued with sort of like capitalist like metaphysics and so I've been collecting these objects and like it really like I came to this I think starting with more natural pieces of detritus like rocks and dried berries and like mushrooms and grasses and like that kind of stuff and over time it's kind of mutated into sort of like litter and weird you know sort of human detritus objects but anyway kind of thinking about like the possibilities of like a, a spiritual beer can for example <laughs> aren't they all, aren't they all? <laughs> Have the spiritual <laughs> Rockies. <laughs> I mean, each one is a tiny church. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Yep. So that's been Sal- my latest salvation is, the... is inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another favorite piece of trash of mine is um, comes from uh, up off the 395 freeway, uh, which runs on the eastern side of the Sierra Nevadas. And there are some uh, nice hot springs if you go kind of far up uh, towards, uh, well, in, in between Bishop and what's the, what, whatever. Anyhow, there are some nice hot springs up mm-hmm. there. And um, I think we, we have both enjoyed those hot springs mm-hmm. together, but also on our own accords. And um, one time I was so lucky to find uh, on this, um, a, uh, you know, they, they have these metal posts with a a chain hanging from one post to the other. And, um, there was kind of this, uh, black and, uh, red pair of, um, underwear, uh, boxer briefs that were hanging off of that chain at the, at the sort of, um, I forget what the, the the term is in geometry. Not the apex point, but the inverse of that. The where, where at the bottom of the arc, mm-hmm. there was this very beautiful trashed pair of uh, men's boxer briefs um, that I uh, grabbed. It's <laughs> 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 like and not letting this one pass pass me by. Um, and uh, I did you th- grab it with your hand, or did you just use a stick, or did you? Uh, grab a piece of trash bag and then stick it well, in there how no, did you know i have my in, inside of my uh in my car mm-hmm. i often have collections of plastic bags that i use to pick up mm-hmm. any interesting piece of trash that i might find here or there um and actually as a sort of dog leg from that piece of trash at another hot springs experience that we were uh, mm-hmm. both sharing this was out um near jackson in wyoming uh i discovered a small plastic rectangular um uh used lube um 
receptacle or whatever you want to call it pers- uh, uh, one one use lube um, single serving lube <laughs> single serving lube container and this one had like some hieroglyphics on it it was something like you know, Egyptian, whatever. Was there I don't a know. Pyramid on it? Is this all? There's no pyramid <laughs> on it. But, um, those the spiritual the, lube. <laughs> the underwear and the and the lube pieces of trash are. I have a, a slightly different relationship to those pieces of garbage, in relationship to artwork because I, I haven't incorporated those things actually into any artworks yet, and and I don't know as if I will, and I don't think about those pieces of trash as something that necessarily is, has this indexical relationship with the place or I don't necessarily want to ascribe that to it but for me what those pieces of trash um, kind of gets at is uh, the body that has been in that place and the body memory of uh, what had happened there so the underwear or the lube does have this indexical relationship with an action or um, some sort of performance or someone's being that was uh, previously occupying the space and then the the piece of trash is sort of this refractory object that stands in for that after the fact. Also, I just sort of like dirty underwear. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes, really. Who doesn't? Yeah. You got you I feel I'm like blushing now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I very clearly remember finding that uh, underwear with you and outside of Jackson, Wyoming and basically kind of like both of us kind of sitting there and looking at it for a long time. Cause I mean, it was, it was March, it was snowy, it was really cold. It was sort of in that kind of like mid precipitation zone of like, it's kind of raining and it's kind of snowing at the same time. And so it's like these underwear kind of like hanging on this fence post where they were very moist <laughs> on top of like whatever else had already happened with those underwear before. Like there could have been a skid mark. Like, I don't know. I remember there being like tonal qualities to those underwear. Let's just say that. <laughs> And so this weird thing of like, do you sort of interact into that zone in a way? And for some reason, as I was hearing you talk about it, like I was thinking about someone like Ava Hess and like thinking about how, you know, in some way her like exploration of materials is often like attributed to like what gave her cancer in a way. And so it's kind of like thinking about like, what are the after effects? And not that we're going to get cancer with these underwear, but like kind of thinking about like the after effects of like when you integrate yourself into some sort of like material relationships say with the underwear it's kind of like them thinking about traveling several hundred miles with this piece of underwear like the fibers that then come off the underwear and are circulating like in the auto system and like going in your lungs and back out and sticking to your body and like you know you start to have this kind of actual physical like interaction you know on a mostly like microscopic level but it's like obviously happening as you know you and your body and that thing kind of like marry and dematerialize and all that kind of stuff i mean it's weird and you're pollinating the world with those dirty underwear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Whether they end up in a piece or not, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think the thing that's been interesting for me, because I've been, I think, Matt, you've been, like, more successful of, like, integrating these, like, direct objects into the work. And it's been something that I've been thinking about a lot. And I've been, like, making these pieces of, like, incorporating, like, little bits of shelves or things that things sit on or, like, you know, places where the trash can kind of hang off of. And lately it's kind of like, cause I've been sort of consistently not fully satisfied with how I've been doing with it. 
is I sort of started re-photographing the trash and then like making like photographic reproductions and then turning those like then sticking say a print to a piece of drywall and cutting that out so you get this like weird sort of like slightly scaled up or scaled down version of the trash like reproduction and it's so new for me I don't really totally know how to feel about it yet but it feels like this other way of like also then dealing with the trash it's almost like dealing with it in the form of like uh an archaeologist or a researcher or you know like a archaeologist really where you're like making like casts of bones to then deal really with the cast of the bone itself as a form of study as opposed to the actual direct object it's an indexicality you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it, it makes a lot of sense to me actually i mean i i've only recently seen some of these works of yours that where you've sort of been uh working with the enlargements of the garbage but mm-hmm. um you know you have this background in photography and like a, a more formalized uh training in that and also in in journalism to that extent and Mm -hmm. it to me that it's like it seems like when i think about how you explore these objects and um trash generally speaking it has it it, it, there's more a, a sense of indexicality to it um rather than it being say about surface Right or um, body memory, um, but so in, in that sense, it, it, f- to have these kind of like the the gesture of photographing the trash and enlarging it calls attention to this sort of like um, the categorization of these things and what the the garbage could. Uh, stand for and represent right when i guess i think about it like okay like to return back to this sort of like the you know kind of spiritual journey or something like that whether that's going to sit or whether that's going to a dodger game let's say and this idea of like what you take away from that in a way and like in both cases like say you go to sedona you like buy like a little crystal pyramid from like the rock shop you go to dodger stadium you like buy a hat or you like take home like the commemorative mug and like how those things are sort of like stand-ins for like an experience then get like sort of imbued with the meaning of what that experience is meant to stand for, you know, you in a way and how making like the reproduction of the beer can in a way that's from the like front yard of this like desert house then kind of like starts functioning in the same way that like a weird sort of like garbage, like souvenir would function from like, you know, the grand Canyon, like gift shop or something like that. And it's like, you could just take a rock from the grand Canyon and that could be your like grand Canyon, like souvenir, but instead you've got to buy the like $20 shirt. And so I think about, I guess that way of like, sort of like assigning value in relationship to like lived experience. Right. And, and to, to go back, like what you said there is really interesting to, to loop it back to like to compare the beer can to the microwave. Mm-hmm. I think, what kind of differentiates our practices and sort of where we're getting at with garbage in the sense, at least at the moment Mm -hmm. is like with the photographing and the beer can, you're trying to see if it can be like that object can be full of meaning and full of value Mm -hmm. with the microwave. I'm in some senses trying to see if I can empty it of meaning and empty it of value. Like, can these things that came from this place that I'm now making into a sculpture, although it has all of this history and meaning behind it and body, can it actually just be 
surfaces, mm-hmm. a collection of surfaces. And to that extent, could the sculpture actually be abstract? But how do you strip away its microwaveness? Well, yeah. <laughs> 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 well, it's just a piece of trash. <laughs> You're listening to The People on Kei Chung, 1630 AM. I'm Matthew Timmons. And I'm Ben White. Remember, you can hear us on Kei Chung Radio uh, every third Sunday at 3 PM. Or you can listen to us. You can find the podcast, that is, on Stitcher or SoundCloud or Overcast or wherever else you get your podcasts. And now let's get back to our conversation with Matt Siegel and Ian James. So you guys both uh, take journeys as like kind of a research uh, opportunities. Um, to find kind of materials and places that get worked into your art in some way. I mean, I've been doing these kind of twin track journeying, basically as a form of building up a image archive to then incorporate into artworks. So like making just a body of pictures to then make into physical sort of like compilations of things um whether they be sort of sculptures or hybrid photographs or whatever one of them i sort of i think i started doing first was like visiting uh hot springs kind of throughout the southwest and it sort of like happened uh just as a something i was personally interested in i was like thinking about all this other sort of forms of uh you know kind of like california's spiritual utopias and other aspects of kind of like new agey culture and uh post sort of like hippiedom and was purchasing these books that you can find like along the 395 sort of detailing like with uh directions and descriptions and maps and that kind of thing how to get to these different kind of holes in the ground kind of throughout the eastern sierras and the desert then i started going to ones in uh, utah and wyoming and arizona and i've tried to visit some in uh, northern mexico and throughout California, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it was this weird thing for me where I was kind of like, I could just appropriate other people's media from this stuff, which I think would be one way to deal with this practice. But I wanted to have this kind of like primary engagement with it and the way of kind of like making a pilgrimage as a way to sort of like go to the place to sort of like have a primary like experience and then like kind of like harvest or like gather up objects and also make photographs in this way and kind of have that and that then strangely turned into a residency in and uh Reykjavik Iceland where the whole place is basically like a giant hot spring like it sort of straddles the European and North American plates and there's a volcanic island that came from that sort of like weird straddling where like a fissure opened up and all this lava came out eight million years ago and created the the island and so the whole place is just like a steamy geothermic zone and so over the summertime I spent a month there and spent like 10 days in a car just kind of like traveling around going to these different springs and taking photos and collecting things largely things that I couldn't actually bring back because of luggage restrictions <laughs> but like made some art there and collected some uh, Icelandic trash which was uh, pretty fun and then I'm going back in a couple of days because I found this incredibly cheap ticket because I think no one wants to go in the winter time when there's only four to eight, four hours of, of sunlight. Negative like 20. <laughs> it's actually warmer than it is all throughout the East Coast and mm-hmm. Midwest of the United States right now. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> it's like 35 there. Um, 
Yeah. And so this kind of like weird, uh, for me, I think it's weird in a way because it's like a lot of solo journeying, a lot of like sleeping in the car or sleeping next to the car or like camping nearby, uh, interactions with lots of strangers at times, but also no interactions with anybody in the way that like once you do finally speak to someone after sort of like 16 hours alone, the like words come out kind of all weird. And you're like, did I just somehow forget how to talk to uh, someone at the gas station? Um, and I think that is, you know, like the hot spring thing aside, like prior to that, like the sort of like solo kind of like road tripping and kicking stones around and going to truck stops and uh, sleeping in, in weird places and having, you know, at times like sort of frightening experiences like camping alone in the desert. It's all been a way to sort of thinking about making things. More or less. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I have a background in performance and I think a lot about the actions that you take, one, one takes rather, and, you know, what those actions and gestures, whether those things have meaning and should be in, interpreted as metaphor or what have you. In a more restrained way, I, I do kind of get to the same place or, or same thinking with uh these you know sort of uh solo missions that you might take although mine mine comes out of um again sort of um, thinking more about performance and a, a bodily negotiation of landscape um so i'm gonna talk about talk about the past rather than you know talking about the future in the sense and um, so this past summer, I <clears throat> took a, a very long solo trip um, that was, in some ways, I kind of constructed in my mind as a kind of inversion of a 60s westward migration. You know, in the 60s, the people in, um, on the East Coast or in Denver, they, you know, would get on highway 50 and follow the beatniks out to San Francisco to find enlightenment and Esalon and, um, whatever sort of, uh, Shangri-La you might find on the West coast. And I actually went backwards starting in California and ending up in the Catskills, um, to go to a, um, a silent meditation retreat. Um, and sort of wedged in the middle of that, as if that wasn't enough to deal with by myself, I decided that I was going to um, take some of the former 19th century immigrant pathways, but follow them in reverse, going from west to east. So um, I started in Los Angeles, but I picked up um, uh, a bunch of the different trails basically after Salt Lake City. So the, the Mormon Trail, the California Trail, the Pony Express Trail, uh, and the Oregon Trail. And from Salt Lake, followed that through um, uh, central Wyoming basically into Nebraska and then down into Kansas and eventually ending up in um, St. Joseph, Missouri. And um, for me, that was again sort of this like material collecting and research initiative, I guess, or in voyage in a sense, but it, it also was very much about um, my body doing these things in reverse um, and uh, trying to uh, 
how do I say it? Um, well, I don't, to be totally honest, I don't quite understand it myself, but it was something that I felt in instinctively like I needed to do and maybe I'll figure it out later, maybe not. But uh, the end result of this is, guess what? A big pile of trash in my car. (laughs) 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 Um, But that is now sort of unfolding itself into sculptures and other kinds of um, artworks that, uh, you know, uh, has, it has already started to spin off in different directions. So in, in, uh, October of this past year, I decided to go revisit a specific site in um, eastern, uh, eastern central Wyoming, a place called Independence Rock, which has been sort of a uh, graffiti stone for travelers since uh, basically since the mid 19th century and ongoing. It's now a rest stop on uh, a highway there, but. Um, so I decided to go back there to pursue a drawing project and that turned into its whole weird kind of like plein air odyssey in itself. Um, and then this coming summer, uh, or rather in the fall, sorry, in September, I'm going to uh, go to St. Louis to uh, spend a month and participate in this residency. But that at the end of that residency, I'm hoping to actually, for the first time, actually go forward on one of these pathways and uh see what I can dig up in and around the Santa Fe Trail. A lot of the stuff that you're talking about is like this material collecting or, or or going on these voyages and like the idea of the voyage and the idea of garbage or trash or refuse or whatever. Um, without getting, I guess, too specific or maybe, I don't know, like tell us how that ends up manifesting in the work itself that you would put like, I don't know, in a white cube or wherever. Yeah. Would... Um, I mean, for me, most recently and like the, it's funny because I kind of, mentioned the hot spring trek and i've also been doing this sort of as i mentioned in the earlier conversation this sort of like pyramid trek like making these two uh kind of like archival bodies of images that then get sort of like mutated into artworks and i mean most recently for me um i was invited uh through aurora tang to be in this show at the uh, unlv museum in las vegas um, and the show is called Preservation, and Aurora Tang is an independent curator, and she also works at the Center for Land Use Interpretation. And she had originally been invited to do a, a land art show, and they wanted her to get all the like sort of like heavy hitters from you know that scene. And she was essentially like, you know, I'm not interested in doing that. Like that show has been done, you know, to death to a degree. Boring. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you know, people with bigger budgets and bigger institutions have really done those shows already, and. I'm interested, I guess, in artists who have not only maybe been influenced by those artists, but have also moved past those influences in a way and have also mutated them to a degree to their their own ends. And some of the artists that were in the show were like uh, Keitano Ferrer and uh, Galaporis Kim and this guy, uh, Peter Fend, who ran this group in the 80s with a bunch of like pictures generation artists um, called Ocean Earth. And it was about sort of like experimental geography. And uh, this woman, uh, Bridget McCaffrey, who was making this video um, about sort of like gold diviners in the mountains south of Las Vegas who are just using like dowsing techniques to try to ascertain if there's this golden river, literally a river flowing of gold underneath this mountain. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys get it. Cool. And so yeah. <laughs> so sign, uh, sign me up. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I took four of these um, pyramid locations I'd been thinking about. One was uh, in 
uh, Northern San Diego by the Miramar Air Force Base, uh, which is like the equivalent of San Diego's like Pacific Design Center. It's called the Innovation Center. It's just a really shitty office complex with like a, a sort of like exterior of a pyramid facade. It's actually not part of the building structure itself. It's just like a lattice work uh, design in front of the building to make it look cooler. And another one was uh, this town called Felicity, uh, which is at the sort of Arizona-California border near Yuma. That was this guy's sort of dedication monument to his wife. Uh, another one was a house in uh, Maricopa, this sort of like town with scare quotes around it of Maricopa. And then the other one I focused on was a hardware store uh, in the south rim of the Grand Canyon. And so went to each of these places, like, of course, as mentioned, like gathered some some trash. The spiritual beer can came from the, the house in Maricopa. Uh, and then, you know, in some ways, like made these photographs and they were like black and white photographs. I was very much thinking about this sort of potential like return of street photography. I was thinking very much about like, you know, kind of like ethnographic uh, photographs or also just someone like Timothy O'Sullivan, like traveling through the American West and, and photographing. And this sort of coincided with right before I went to Iceland and I was uh, similar to kind of what Matt was describing. I've been reading this book about this romantic biologist in uh, early 1900s who traveled from the sort of Northwest, far Northwest corner of Iceland to the far Southeast corner, basically mapping hot springs and trying to determine all these different uh, chemical techniques to, to figure out if the hot springs themselves were radioactive because they just had no idea if that water was like something you could touch or not. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like thinking about it in this like pilgrimage sense. And then the pieces kind of turned into these like wallpaper prints with these like false drop shadows and uh, these other smaller uh, photographs that were mounted to plexiglass with like little acrylic slats built around them, kind of like almost like painter frames. And, um, the whole room was sort of set up with like one of these four places on each wall with the center dividing wall being devoted to one of the places and kind of trying to treat it a little bit like vortex zone shrines. So like one wall is devoted to these several different like looks of the facade of the building or like photographs of like a Joshua tree with rocks in it that was like in the front yard or like crumbling sort of like landscape. Um, like accoutrements of the house in Maricopa that had these like little plywood pyramids built in the front yard as sort of like landscape decoration and trying to kind of think again, like in the way that you would approach sort of like a themed uh, sort of like accessory store related to these places as like spiritual pilgrimage locations, what that might look like if that existed, if that makes sense with all those, those words with dashes in between them. <laughs> the shows. I went and saw the show and it looked really, really great. People, oh, thank should, you. people should look at images it's of it on for, the internet. Two I mean, more weeks if you want to go to Las Vegas. The, the whole show <laughs> is is a really well organized show, and Ian's work in it, I think, has a particular presence that, you know, the the dedication to what his ideas really stands out in that work to me in a way that it seems very clear. Um, thank you. Yeah. And I, the Yelp review you wrote for the show, I deeply appreciate it. <laughs> You're listening to episode 58 of The People on K-Chung, 1630 AM. I'm Ben White. And I'm Matthew Timmons. Remember, you can find us at Insert Blanc Press, uh, insertblancpress.net. And of course, you can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. 
You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you find us on iTunes, uh, do us a favor and leave us a rating and review. It helps uh, yeah. other people find the podcast when they're looking for great art podcasts like ours. Definitely do that. And now back to our conversation with Matt Siegel and Ian James. So let's see. We, um, You uh, were asking about how... Um, these sort of extended odyssey experiences, these journeys or voyages manifest themselves into actual artworks. Um, and I know I just talked a lot about oh, what I did this past summer, but um, I'm actually going to go back a little bit further than that because um, my process can be pretty slow sometimes. And sometimes the, the you know, I'll, I'll do research and we'll um, work with the materials for, you know, two or three years before the actual work manifests itself. Um, so what I'll talk about instead was a, a project that sort of came to a, um, you know, viewable, viewable condition, if you will, uh, back in 2015. Um, and during that project was the result of me traveling up into this canyon outside of Azusa, um, where in part because of like the financial crisis and the housing crisis that followed that, and then the sort of increase in, um, you know, homeless and drifter population, there was a, a, a community was, well, was, and still is a community of people living in this Canyon who are sort of, um, kind of half, uh, 19th century, um, sort of nostalgic in a way, but also half just um, hard scrabble looking for money. They're 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 um, they're miners, like off the grid miners, and slash sort of homeless people living out of their trucks. And so I traveled up to this canyon over an extended period of time. I mean, I still go up there. Um, just because it's a, a place that I draw a lot of inspiration from. Um, I mean, going back to trash, there's lots of good trash up there, <laughs> um, especially after it rains. It all kind of flushes down. Um, the show that resulted out of that, which um, uh, was at uh, Parkview back in uh, summer of 2015, um, was uh, some paintings that were... Um, based off of the photographs of the figures, but the, the, the paintings themselves had been, uh, or the images rather had been, um, worked on in Photoshop so as to kind of scramble the space in that, um, I didn't want the work to be like a representation of the thing that was actually occurring, but it was a representation of my fantasy of it and my romanticization of it, which, it was a, a kind of a contemporary way that I was engaging the same processes of romanticization that people um, engage when they were thinking of westward expansion, either in the 60s or in the 19th century, or even when people uh, move westward across the Atlantic Ocean from Europe. Um, so I had those paintings, and then there were also sculptures that were, um, again, uh, using trash <laughs> and kind of it, it, it sort of came out of left field I included a sculpture that was um, 
based off of a tent form, like a deconstructed tent form. And that sculpture itself is, it's kind of just the outline of a space. So it's the, the base, the, the rectangular base, and then the two, um, uh, two poles that form these overlapping arches. And between those two, three shapes, essentially, two, two arcs and a rectangle, you end up with a space. And the space itself um, could be used to construct a tent, but it also could be uh, something that could contain any sort of body or body narrative or body performance. Um, and with that in mind, the tent or the, the sculpture also contained um, two natural objects, a, a branch that had been painted and then a, a, a piece of wood. Both of those hang from, hung from the, the apex of the two poles. And um, those objects were meant to suggest um, some sort of action in terms of a, of a body presence. From there, that, that project with the, um, with the tent sort of took on a, a larger life and I started to get the idea that um, I could slowly, over years, like 15 years, 20 years, uh, slowly build a collection of these tent sculptures that, you know, it starts as one tent that then becomes, um, you know, several in three that then could become a small grouping that then could become a uh, some form of small community that then could become a village that then could become a eventually a city or a community um, and so that project continues to grow I'm it seems like going to be showing a, a somewhat larger grouping of those sculptures later this year. I'm pretty excited to do that because I've only shown three or four together at any one time. And I think in, in this case, I'll be able to show about 15 together. Um, so yeah, it's exciting. Um, and I think what uh, those sculptures can, for me, sort of led me to, in a way, was thinking more directly about the body and also specifically my body as it interacts with um, the land and my body as a domesticated body and what would make it be more natural or more animal. Um, one very easy way that you can get to that is by removing your clothes. Which brings us to nudies, <laughs> which is where we were. That's where we were headed this entire time. Yeah, we've been driving down from trash accumulated on voyages to how you wind up being naked uh, in the landscape on those voyages, I think, was the sort of line of flight we were thinking about, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, and uh, listening to your talk, I think one of the things that was kind of popping in my mind as you were working through that was like this sort of idea of like, you know, not only like say vulnerability in a way of like you've lost your house or you've lost your sort of means of income or, you know, you've been priced out in these ways. And so you not only wind up living in a, in a Canyon and finding these other means of sort of supporting yourself. And it's very like 
antiquated way of literally like obtaining like monetary substance sustenance which is you know in the case of in the form of the gulch which is like yeah it's gold that's like flowing like literally down the river through the mountains um and that weird aspect of like you know it's extremely hard work like those guys have been up there a lot too and they're primarily men i'm sure they're women up there There are some women also but they're like 90 percent men yeah and it's like it's for the most part of the year because it is a river canyon it's pretty hot and the sun is glaring on you and so people are often like shirtless or shoeless or like wearing shorts i mean there is like a body in the landscape sort of vulnerability and i was thinking about that in relationship to some of the things we're talking earlier about these kind of journeys in a way where it is this like weird sort of like desire to feel like an absorption into the landscape in like a total like you know actual textbook definition of like the sublime of kind of like there's a a terror associated with it and like trying to get into that like terror and like possible like decimation as like a a journey like as we were talking about like oh why go to this place like oh fuck it i'm gonna go i'm just gonna see what's about i don't know what i'm doing there and part of that is this like desire to sort of like put yourself in this like vulnerable place. And, you know, one of the journeys I'm making a lot that involves like a lot of being naked is going to these like hot springs that I mentioned that are in pretty like desolate environments. They're like, for the most part, pretty hostile to the body. There's often not any water in the summer. It's extremely hot in the winter. It's extremely cold. And then you're getting into these, uh, sort of like small little ponds. Sometimes they're a little mucky. Uh, totally naked. Uh, like I went with two friends last uh, April and it was like up near the mammoth area and it was like literally 15 degrees. It was like your nose hairs are freezing as you're getting out there and then you're going to strip off your clothes and hop into this body of water. And not only having this like geothermal body of water, this geothermal (laughs) bottle of water and it's very warm. So that is cool. Uh, and you're not only having this trust exercise, doing it with your friends in broad daylight of like seeing each other naked, but also there's a bunch of strangers there uh, at times. And so this other weird thing, and that was part of my interest in a way of like, where else, and there's not that many places, would you get completely naked with strangers out in the middle of nowhere? You know what I mean? It's like this really strange kind of like form of a, a vulnerability in a way that we don't practice. Like, you know, people will go to the Korean spa and they get naked and like hang out and like that's one thing but there's a sort of like architecture set up in a way that's sort of like yeah i'm fine here and no one's going to stare at each other or that kind of thing but going out into the middle of uh you know the mojave or something like that and hopping in this like weird pool where perhaps there's like an old man like sitting in a lawn chair uh <laughs> it's like is that guy staring at me i don't know but also i don't care yeah <laughs> but also it's this kind of thing of like i have to sort of remember that like it doesn't fucking matter that i that i should care and I'm just already like vulnerable in so many other ways that someone staring at me naked isn't the primary concern right now. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, oh, if the car breaks down or if all my clothes blow away or like if I drink too much whiskey, like there's going to be all these other problems. Yeah. Freezing to death or getting eaten by <laughs> yeah, a bear. Exactly. That would be. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So it's just um, is for me like really interesting in this way because it is this kind of weird sort of like I'm going to this place. I don't know why. Uh, in a way it's to sort of like scare yourself or to kind of like see what having this element of like cold and, you know, drought and like fear might actually be mentally while also being like naked and then like wanting to then at times often. And I know this relates to your practice as well, Matt, like 
not only doing that, but then wanting to press your naked body into things. Like I feel like when you're often in these like spring tree examples, like, okay, now I'm going to like put this like weird mud, like on my face or I can feel it like between my like butt cheeks, or I'm going to like yeah. climb like in these weird reeds for a little while and like kind of like flap around. Well, uh, it's like, I feel like there, there, there is a thing that happens where I think, you know, humans do have instincts that, mm-hmm. and sometimes like, some of those instincts can be more animal. And I think in certain environments, those instincts are allowed, like, because there is no architecture of the we spa, mm-hmm, essentially, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, those, it's easier to access those instincts than say in Koreatown. <laughs> sure. Well, and you know, at the heart of it, it's like an extremely like ancient, like animalistic instinct, right? Oh, it goes yeah. back to salamanders and rhinos and, you know, everything else, amphibians. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I mean, I something that I think was also like came to my mind that was interesting to think about in terms of like your sense of the body and the naked body mm-hmm. and um, the landscape is the way that when you take these photographs of people in the hot springs and this in some ways to me stands almost actually in opposition not, not in a in a in a contradictory way to, mm-hmm. but to the spiritual beer can sure but the the body you're taking the picture of the body that is naked but that is subsumed into the water and is and is like quite literally in mm-hmm. to the earth mm-hmm. and is losing in the artwork you're losing the 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 presence and the the memory of what the body is because it is in the water Mm -hmm. because it is in the earth. And that is in some ways opposite of, um, the beer can where the beer can is trying to represent all of those things. Mm -hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. can it have meaning? Right. Versus the, the body in the earth and the hot spring is like, can, can, can the nudie be part of the earth and can the meaning of the body not have all the trappings of you know contemporary 21st century in a way yeah and it's it's funny i guess in this example too because it's a little bit like and there's an absurdity to it because it's like people going there to potentially be naked with strangers that's already kind of like a big ask and then for me whether i'm with friends or even by myself trying to negotiate say pulling out a camera and trying to reassure people that i'm going to take a picture of them sitting oftentimes in this weird mud hole in the middle of the desert (laughs) where they're at that point in time when you're like in like a pool of water and you're like wet and naked you don't really have a lot of agency to say like um could you like not take my like photo Mm. right now like i'd really appreciate it that well you you don't want to be exploitative exactly Yeah, Yeah, yeah yeah right but it's also this like weird thing of like it's already so much vulnerability to then introduce the camera into that it's been like actually pretty tricky in certain ways and so a lot of the photographs uh at times have just been the sort of like hot spring itself, which then just looks like a weird sort of like puddle in the ground, which also is not super remarkable. So it becomes this other weird thing too. It almost reminds me of that, like, you know, the, the last, uh, Indiana Jones movie where they're like looking for like the chalice or something. Oh, wolf. You mean the crystal skull? <laughs> no, not that one. Like the third one, the last, oh, right. good, the last good one. Thanks. Yeah. The Sean Connery, you know, right. and they're like, Oh, it's like the jeweled chalice clearly. And the dude drinks it and he like melts or something. And they're like, no, it must be the wooden one. And so it's kind of this like funny thing of like, you know, trying to ascertain this Temple. very, uh, important, like kind of temporal moment that, 
is essentially coming from sitting in a weird mud hole, which I kind of appreciate. And in some ways I feel like relates also to the trash. And it's like why we're kind of like also pulling like underwear from there and, and that kind of thing. And these weird ways that this shit spirals, like I was thinking about like people like eating mushrooms, for example, uh, and how like in order to have these sort of like psychedelic experiences, it requires you like eating something that grew on shit, which I think is like really super interesting, <laughs> you know? So it's like how you have to sort of immerse yourself in like a gross puddle to have like a, a, a spiritual, like metaphysical experience or how you have to get like mostly naked in this gulch and dig and gravel to try to find like a piece of gold. I mean, these are all sort of like sort of parts of the kind of unconscious that exist for, you know, many millennium, but it still kind of remains true in this weird way. Well, Matt and Ian, thanks for being on the people. Yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to The People on K Chung, 1630 AM. I'm Matthew Timmons. And I'm Ben White. Remember, you can listen to The People on K Chung, 1630 AM every third Sunday at 3 PM. Or you can listen to us on SoundCloud or Stitcher, or you can go to insertblancpress.net and click on the people at the top of the page. You can find us on iTunes by searching for The People Radio, or you can go to Overcast and find us. You can find us everywhere you find things. And uh, do us a favor. If you go to iTunes, leave us a rating and review, uh, If you and subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet, it really helps us out. That would be great. And we're going to go out with a song from Los Angeles band Free Bleed. That's Jen Hutton and Kate Dohan off their album EP. And the name of the song is L.A. River. <laughs>